This is the Cleveland Guardians Fancast with your host, Quincy Wheeler, a podcast about the Cleveland Guardians and their fans. Welcome to the Cleveland Guardians Fancast. I'm your host, Quincy Wheeler. You can find us at Guardian Fancast on Twitter. You can email me at Quincy at GuardianFanCast.com. Got a fan interview for you today, and it'll be something to cheer you up a little bit, as we'll hear from a young man named Ian, who is a Guardians fan. And he and I discover a connection that we have in Menor, Ohio. And uh, so love to share that with you. But just first wanted to offer some encouragement for Guardians fans. I know it's tough right now, only taking one of four games against the Reds and the Tigers. Doesn't get a lot lower than that, really. Not sure that it feels that much different than the seven-game losing streak that we've had. Thing to remember is that there's going to be a lot of ups and downs with a young team, a super young team (laughs) that the Guardians have. So we need to be patient with those. We need to expect that come August, come September, you're really going to see guys start to put things together. I think it's important to remember how deep this organization is, too. There's going to be a lot of injuries, unfortunately, this season in MLB, and the Guardians have a lot of players who should be able to come up and contribute as need be if injuries arise, which not all teams will have. So that's something that you have to keep in the back of your mind as well. It's a deep organization. We're going to see a lot of those players play. So even though right now it's tough to see guys like Quan scuffling, going down to eighth in the order, It's tough to see Fran Reyes still not picking up on the slider the way that he needs to. It's tough to see Owen Miller, as good as he is, be the guy who's kind of forced to hit cleanup, which isn't ideal. It's frustrating to see that Ahmed Rosario is kind of keeping us from seeing other younger players. But I just want you to remember that Rosario is a valuable, viable Major League player who's going to put up 100 to 110 WRC+. And you've got to play guys like that when you have a chance, especially if you're looking at trading them. We should be thankful that Ahmed's now playing left field as Naylor's backup backup to play, I mean. And Andres Jimenez is now our starting shortstop because he made some amazing plays on Sunday. You can tune in every day and see him make a play that'll make your jaw drop, uh, just like Miles Straw does as well. So certainly blessed to have those players with us. Bieber had a little bit of an up-and-down start, but struck out 10. He's a very, very good pitcher, maybe not an ace. His spin rate and his velo aren't quite up to where we want them to be, but still a very, very good and effective pitcher. It's not the direction that I would have gone with this team. Seeing Andrew Chafin come on and pitch for the Tigers just made me upset because I realized that the Guardians had decided to sign Brian Shaw, instead of a guy like Andrew Chafin, who is an absolute shutdown reliever. And there were other guys out there that that was possible. And I expected them to sign one of those guys. Maybe they saved money on that so they could afford in their minds and their budgets to extend Jose Ramirez, in which case I'm perfectly fine with that. But it just seems odd to me that we didn't find that veteran arm. And so Shaw will come out and do the best that he can, and he does some amazing work. But when he makes a mistake, it's most likely going to be a homer. Even on a day where a deadened ball that 
Fran Reyes smokes three times, can't get out. Um, <laughs> we're going to see Javi Baez smash a Brian Shaw 89-mile-an-hour cutter out of the ballpark. You throw Fran Reyes that, and he'll hit it out even farther. So just wish the team would have gone a different direction there, but they didn't. So that means that we're going to see a lot of these young guys, see what we have in these young arms, just like we're seeing in these young hitters. Hopefully they won't go to Brian Shaw that often in a situation like they did on Sunday where they were only down a run. But this is where we are, and it's going to be okay. This is going to be a fun season. Tune in every day to see the growth and development, not necessarily to see that they're going to win because, again, this is probably a slightly under 500 club, maybe 500 club by the end of the year. If we get surprised, let's be surprised, but let's kind of take this team with a grain of salt the way that they're going to perform. And who knows, after taking 104 from the Reds and Tigers, they could go sweep the Astros because that's the way baseball works. It's a weird game. All right, without further ado, check out this interview with Ian. We're going to discuss a book at the end of it that the head coach of the Minner High School basketball uh, boys team, Bob Krasancic, wrote, and he's a mutual friend of Ian and mine. So it was kind of a cool connection to find. Hope you enjoy it. Hey, it's Quincy, and I'm here with Ian today. Ian, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, Quincy. Well, I'm excited to hear about your experience of how you became a baseball fan, and specifically a Cleveland baseball fan. What's that story like for you? Um, I guess when I was a kid, you know, baseball was just always my favorite sport. Um, just from the get-go, I remember my dad pitching in the front yard, backyard to me, wiffle balls, you know, and taking swings. Um, I guess I was just always drawn to the sport and, you know, growing up in the Cleveland area and my dad being a fan of the Cleveland Indians, um, that was just who I grew up watching, you know, going to games with my dad and then eventually my brothers and other family members and friends. Um, so, it, you know, it was just always on at our house or um, when I was younger, my dad had a I think a 20 game, 10 or 20 game season package um, that we would go to a lot. When my younger brothers were born, um, that was no longer a thing, but um, we still made our way to a fair amount of games. Um, so yeah, I guess that's really just how I kind of became a fan of the team um, and baseball in general. It really helped drive my love for the game. Those brothers, they just took you away from a good uh, 15 games a year, huh? <laughs> That's kind of, that, that, I've noticed the same thing, you know, when I first, well, when I was single, then I got married, you know, it's like, oh, I could probably manage to get to 10 to 15 games a year. And now that we've got kids, I'm like, mm, five would be good. Five would be good. <laughs> It's just a lot, which is, which of course is a hundred percent worth it. But it's just kind of funny how, how life goes. Um, so I'm interested. One thing to follow up on, you know, of course, if we look around, we'd say that baseball isn't like the number one sport among you know, like young people. Like kids aren't necessarily choosing baseball as their number one thing as a general rule. It's, I mean, it's still popular, but not as much as some other sports. Yeah, can you identify anything that kind of made you say, "Oh, baseball is the one that I like best"? Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. I just 
<clears throat> I mean, I remember from age four or five, it was just my favorite. And I mean, I would, you know, would, like I said, would go out and play wiffle ball or just start playing catch with my dad. And, you know, I happened to be fairly good at it um, as well. And that kind of helped drive my love for the game. And I, I remember <laughs> playing the computer game, backyard baseball. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. You know, Pablo Sanchez was always the go-to. Um, but <clears throat> I really enjoyed playing that. And then, you know, as I got a little older, got like a GameCube and a PlayStation and started playing like MVP baseball and um, <clears throat> got into the rec leagues and then eventually travel ball and, you know, met a lot of great friends through that that I'm still friends with to this day. So it all just kind of evolved over time. And it, has always been and still is uh, my favorite sport. I, I wish I could pinpoint like one exact thing, or, but yeah, I don't know. It's just always kind of been. <clears throat> yeah, that's those, no, those are cool stories. I do wonder how many people, you know, that uh, became even more attached to the game playing various video games. And I remember, I, I think when you said Pablo Sanchez, I'm sure a lot of people who are listening, this will be like, oh yeah, Pablo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I remember, I remember that too. I, I tend to stay away from video games because I end up wasting too much of my time on them. But I do, <clears throat> one thing I've always appreciated, uh, I like to kind of imagine like how the GMs think. So those, the computer games, the video games, it's really fun to kind of put a team together and then simulate a season and kind of see how it works and imagine like what it would be like to be in that position. So. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree. I used to do that with my brothers and friends. I, I don't really play much anymore, but uh, yeah. Right. Anytime though, like I'll, I'll enjoy an occasional game of uh, MLB the show if I can. Yeah. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. I saw I saw that you're an Ohio State alum. So did you do anything baseball there? Like any, uh, or just kind of not at that point? Um, I tried out for the club team there and didn't make it. Unfortunately, there's a lot of good talent. Um, oh yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> um, and then I ended up playing intramural ball, which there's still you know good talent, good fun. Got a team of friends and played. And then I also got involved. Um, with a friend of mine in a student announcing organization. So we actually got to announce um, some baseball as well as softball and basketball and other sports um, for the student organization on the uh, Scarlet and Gray sports radio. And, you know, we would have send the link to family members and friends and they could tune in. So that was really cool. Um, got to go enjoy games and, you know, just basically talk about it. And I, in the back of my mind, I always like kind of potentially wanted to become an announcer. Um, I used to announce like my video games and stuff when I was younger. My parents would always say, so that was really cool to do with uh, one of my best friends. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Those are great memories. I, uh, yeah, I've had limited opportunities to do similar stuff like that. And it's, it's just a lot of fun. And it's great when you have somebody like yourself that's played a lot of baseball so you can add a little insight here and there. And that's cool. Uh, so what are some of your favorite Cleveland baseball memories? Um, I would say I was actually just talking with my dad about it this weekend, but um, one of my favorites got to be potentially my earliest Cleveland baseball memory is um, I was five years old and went with my dad to a game against the Yankees 
and we were getting beat pretty badly you know it was like seven nothing maybe fourth fifth inning and people started filing out getting into the sixth seventh inning uh but I remember my dad telling me that day and I still like hear it hear him saying it he's like yeah I don't don't like to leave early um you never know what could happen and you know I was five I loved baseball so I was like oh yeah sure I don't care um we started like coming back a little bit um but going into the ninth I think we were still down three runs and that was when I learned about Mariano Rivera um so you know my dad's telling me oh Rivera's like the best closer in the game it's it's not looking good for us to win um and so on but we we tacked on a couple runs off him and you know cut it down to one run and then uh Bill Selby who oh my goodness you were at the Bill Selby game yeah (laughs) I was five years old I don't know how I remember it like there's things I don't remember from when I was like 15 or whatever but that game was just in my memory and I yep Bill Selby I remember Um, And, and in my head the funny thing is I was thinking like he came up with bases loaded, you know, and I'm thinking like grand slams, like as a five-year-old kid, like that's all that I'm thinking. <laughs> and the pitch before he hit the grand slam, he was the long ball ball that I thought down was the a right home field run. line and it would have been a double to win. And everyone was like all disappointed that it was yeah. fouled. But like in my head, I was like, Oh, he could still hit a grand slam. Like I was just so focused on the grand slam and then yeah. he hit it. Oh, that was, oh man, that was just awesome. And I mean, obviously as, you know, and I'm sure others do. Bill Selby did not do too much in his career, but for him to see him hit a walk off off of Rivera, and as like a five year old, hearing my dad like you know kind of introduce like Rivera to me and like the aura around him, obviously, which held true for another ten to fifteen years. Uh, that was just really cool. That was probably my first and one, maybe my favorite, if not one of my favorite uh, moments. I have to I have to stop and commiserate with you here because that uh, that's so funny that you were at that game and I knew what you were going to say once you said they fell behind to the Yankees like that because there really is only one game that kind of stands out that way that they played at home and came back like that um, and uh, and of course you you might you probably know that uh, Zach Meisel and TJ Zuppi that their podcast is called Selby is Godcast because of that moment they yeah. had fans. That showed up after that with signs that said Bill Selby is God. Um, <laughs> but I, I was listening at home on the radio. And I mean, as a five-year-old, you might not remember that the team wasn't very good that year. It was like, it was not a fairly good year. This is one of those days you got the radio on, you're kind of lazily listening. And I, I, I Tom Hamilton went crazy when he hit that, <laughs> that one that was almost a double, but he thought it was a home run. And you know how it is when a guy hits a ball like that, they probably aren't going to hit, you know, a home run or anything after that. Yeah. Then he hit that home run. Yeah. That was, that was incredible. That was the first grand slam Mario Rivera had ever given up. It was the first, it was the first home run that Bill Selby ever hit in the majors. It was, (laughs) it was a crazy, crazy moment. Yeah. That was just awesome. I would say that, that's definitely one of my favorites, as I said. And then another one, um, this I'm sure resonates with a lot of people as well, um, was also against the Yankees in the playoffs. And uh, it was the Lindor Grand Slam that whole game. Um, I was in college at the time and I remember watching with some friends and 
you know, we obviously fell down in that game as well. And we were kind of sitting there like, ah, disappointed, started. I mean, we had the game on still, but we turned on some music, like we weren't really listening to the announcers anymore. But then I remember Lindor hit the grand slam and we all just started going nuts and started locking back in again. And then Jay Bruce hit the homer to tie it in the eighth and the game just obviously kept going on and we won and it was a Friday night. I remember. So safe to say we had a good time that night. We went out to the bars (laughs) and we're celebrating with other Indians fans. And and that was just an awesome moment that I know like my friends in college, like I know we'll always remember just like, where we were when that happened too yeah that was that was an insane game and definitely uh i i've I've been excited to see uh lindor starting to look like that guy again that just uh he just i mean not he's not on our team anymore unfortunately but still fun to remember those moments where it was like he was just gonna find a way to help you win no matter what so yeah yeah i definitely agree well, tell me what you think about the current team and uh, and where they're headed. Um, I think I'm higher on the current team than most. Maybe not necessarily for this year. Like, I, I know we're not likely to compete for a World Series um, or anything. But I, I told people before the season that I thought we could be better than people thought um, and, you know, compete for the playoffs and potentially make it. And I was really excited about a lot of the young guys, you know, we have I thought the youngest, but if not one of the youngest rosters in baseball with a lot of good prospects in the pipeline as well. Um, so, you know, we've already seen to start the year, some of the positives of guys like Stephen Kwan and um, Jimenez, uh, you know, Palacios even just coming up now with the big hit on Saturday. Um you know, Owen Miller's been performing great. Sometimes you just got to give guys a little bit of time. Like, you know, Miller and Jimenez were obviously up here last year and, you know, weren't great, but I, my roommate and I, you know, were big fans. We were looking at Mike Trout's first, his first like partial season up. He played 40, 45 games, had, you know, 140 to 175 at bats. I forget exactly how much, but he hit 220, wasn't like great. And, Obviously, I'm not <laughs> expecting any of these guys to be that level, but just kind of a point of reference, like sometimes guys need time. And, I, you know, I just really like what we have brewing here. We have the youth, the talent coming up, and, you know, they're going to take some lumps, as we saw with the seven-game losing streak. But it was good to bounce back with three games um, in Oakland, take the sweep, and, I I truly think they're going to get better as the year goes on and should make for a fun summer. I think that's great analysis. And as a guy who's played a lot of baseball, you know that it's a game that is a marathon, not a sprint. And you got to you gotta give yourself a little time. That's like everybody abandoning ship on Fran Mill right now. It's like, uh, <laughs> I don't know how much baseball you've watched, but guys can get in a pretty big slump and then come back from it. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you can't get too high with the highs and you can't get too low with the lows. You just got to kind of ride it out. And as you said, it's a marathon. It's a long season. You know, I I definitely like Fran Mill as a hitter and think he'll be fine, um, hopefully sooner rather than later. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, it's pretty exciting. I got a little lawn mowing action outside my door right now, but uh, it's pretty exciting to see, to think about how good they can be if Fran Mill is actually uh, like more towards his norm of where he hits. And it may take him a little while to find there, but they'd, they'd be producing a lot of runs if that's the case. So, yeah, well, Ian, thank you so much for your insights. I don't know if you want to let people know where they could follow you on Twitter or anything else you might want to tell people about. Um, yeah, thank you for having me, Quincy. It's always good talking with a fellow uh, Guardians fan. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm on Twitter, uh, Ian underscore Gray 37. I don't really tweet too much, but, you know, I, I might start getting into some more baseball and Guardians um, just analysis. Um, and then I guess one other thing to shout out, which ironically, I actually just saw you post about was um, a book that just was released on mental toughness by um, coach Bob Krasancic. Um So for people who don't know, he is the head basketball coach at Mentor High School, which is where I went. Um, he's been the coach there since before I was born and he still is to this day. And I did not play for him actually, but my younger brother did and I know him um, pretty well. And uh, I am excited to take a look at that book as well. It's the guy knows so much about forming a team and a program and building young men to become quality young men, um, you know, both on and off the court. So I think that as you touched on Quincy, that would be something for people to potentially check out if they're interested in that kind of um, idea, that kind of topic. Great, and yeah, I'll put a link to your Twitter and also to the book where people can buy it or check it out. And I 100% agree with you. I, and I think I'll, I'll just mention that one of the things I appreciate about Coach K is that he was teaching his teams that a three-pointer is worth more than a two-pointer way before the NBA figured that out. You know, oh, yeah. it's like, like decades before the NBA was like, oh yeah, hey, maybe we should shoot more three-pointers. That's what Coach K was teaching his guys to do. So just a little tidbit for folks who are like, why would I want to check out a book by a high school basketball coach? Well, besides winning a couple state championships and regularly being up there, he knows a lot about the game of basketball and about life. So I second your recommendation and uh, really appreciate you coming on. Both of us, I know, have spent a good amount of time in Mineral, Ohio. So we got that nice connection. And uh, it's, a, it's a great place to be if you're a Guardians fan to check out Cleveland baseball and develop that love of the sport. So thanks for sharing that with us today, Ian. Yeah, awesome. Thank you again for having me. This has been the Cleveland Guardians FanCast. You can find us Monday through Friday on any podcast service that you prefer. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, like, and download so that we can continue to produce these podcasts for your enjoyment.